Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why it's can't like you Vive, say tires? Vive Clucot. It's the same Just thing. Just say tires. Uh, where, where do we pick up from? Hi, uh, everyone. You're listening to the Sinner and the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. Luke Anderson, astronaut. A man barely interesting. I also uh, went to a school dance with a girl that watched Titanic, I think, 17 times in the theater. It was a different time back then. Will Darkens, hot air balloon attendant, frightened by technology. There's HBO hot where it's like you watch it and you're like, wow, she's dangerous. I'm into that. We have the capability to build the 33rd best radio show in Portland. On Saturdays, about sports. The Sinner and the Saint will be that show. Better than they were before. Funnier. Sportsier. More Labradoodles. On 1080, The Fan. All right, we made it to hour two. If you missed any part of hour one, uh, there is a podcast available or will be available at the end of our show on 1080thefan.com. That's brought to you by the Les Schwab Tires folks. Folks. Folks, yeah. The folks over there. I think that's an appropriate descriptor. Do you use the word folks a lot? I do. I worked in hospitality uh, for for many years, and uh, one of the the habits you have to kick, I think, to be uh, respectful of others is you drop uh, guys as a descriptor, and then you don't want to call, you know, I I never liked ma'am as a way, so I used uh, sir, young lady, and folks. I don't think you should say young lady. Why not? That might be offensive to women. That's what I used. You know what I was told by never my mom? Never got me in trouble. You, you call somebody ma'am, and they're like, oh, now I'm a ma'am. See, I've told by, I've been told by my mom that you shouldn't ever call uh, a woman a girl, a gal, or miss. Yeah. So you should just call them women. That woman. Well, yes, but but when you address them, what do you call them? So you go up to a woman and Someone you Someone I don't know, right? Excuse me, young lady. Excuse me, woman? Yeah, you're not going to go, excuse me, woman. <laughs> I need to talk to you. Excuse me, woman. So, you're, yeah, you're standing in a lobby, and, and you need to get someone's attention that's not looking towards you. And you walk up to them, and you, you say, excuse me. Just guess me. their what name. Do you, what do you say? Katie. Just guess name. Excuse me, uh, Kim? Hi. Uh, You'd go ma'am, wouldn't you? I guess. Yeah. So I, I replaced it with a young lady. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, okay. think, I don't think it's rude. What would you say to Sierra? Excuse me, uh, young lady. I would do Miss. I would probably do as well. Excuse really? Me, miss. Yeah. I would just say, what's up, Sierra? Hey, Sierra. She goes, shh. Staying under an alias. We got a lot of aliases, too. There's some fun ones. Uh, who was it? Um, Wilma Flintstone. Cheryl oh. Crow. That's good. Yeah. There you go. Well, Sierra's in the news. Sierra is in the news. Is that what you're trying to do? Yeah, I tried. <laughs> I'm not very good at the transition game. 
<laughs> I appreciate the effort you put in. So if you missed it, uh, Sierra and her uh, husband, his name is Russell Wilson. He plays for a football team called the Seattle Seahawks. Also uh, notable for uh, promoting nano bubbles. Yeah. Oh, yeah, nano bubbles. Forgot about nano. He's bubbles. a nano guy. Is he still doing the nano bubbles? He's still on that train. You can only hope. Yeah, let's hope so. Keep his uh, keeps him from getting CTE. Right, it fixes your brain. Can't get a concussion concussion when you're on nano bubbles. Yeah, he. Um, well, we'll get into him later. <laughs> so uh, it's very conflicting. This story. Is it conflicting? It's conflicting for me. Conflicting or confounding? Because I don't like this guy, but he's kind of helping us. Okay, so Russell Wilson and Sierra are individually uh, becoming investors in the Portland Diamond Project and uh, what they're trying to assemble of a ownership group for a potential baseball team here in Portland. Oh, so it's interesting that Portland Diamond Project released this news, and I should tell you that uh, Russell Wilson. Um, let me just read it how I have it. Uh, it doesn't say if it's going to be Russell and Sierra. It says it's Russell and Sierra, or it, separately. It does not. Well, no, no, no. But they're doing a, a press conference today, two uh, thirty at Baseballism. Yeah, and they're supposed to go walk around the PPS building too and just take a look at it. Yeah, so this is two uh, thirty uh, at uh, Baseballism. So if you want to go over there and take a look, Baseballism is a cool store. Have you ever been in there? You hate baseball. I do. Or did hate baseball. Until well, uh, this. I'm still on the fence about hating baseball because I am the most homer guy you'll ever meet. So if we get a baseball team, I'll jump all into baseball. I yeah. won't care. I'll I'll start to learn it as best I can. It's not rocket surgery. It's not going to be that difficult to learn. So, oh, sorry. One more time. How many balls do you get? Wait, an RB what? <laughs> what, is, what does RBI stand for? So wait, we get out of here at 11, right? We, you and I, yeah. 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 You want to just go heckle him? <laughs> of course I do. That's all I want to do. What should we heckle him about? I think I would just nano bubbles. Yeah, I would do the nano bubbles thing, and then I would just after every statement just say something like, you know, oh, that's not what Jesus would want. <laughs> I don't know that I'd go that far, but really, that's you're not going to get to the dagger quick. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think I'll. I don't think I'll dive in head first on that one. Um, but yeah, so you're you're a little conflicted though. Why why does this? This oh, because Russell Wilson's kind of smug in a certain sense. He he's um, what is it? Uh, low key smug, I think, is what the kids say. Low okay. key, uh, that he just kind of flaunts himself around as somebody who's holy. A than great now. football player and yeah. a good guy in the community. Yeah, and a but super it's just hot like, wife like and- one of my favorite uh, lines from uh, that article they put out against uh, about the Seahawks. I think it was last summer. You know about the deteriorating culture and yep. everything. Was they said, oh, yeah, he gave everybody on the team like these free um, plane ticket passes or something with his deal with Alaska. I don't know if it was free, but it was like a bunch of miles you got. Sure. And um, they said, yeah, I mean, it was really nice, but he didn't really have to pay anything for it. It just it came with his contract. And I think that kind of speaks a lot to who Russell Wilson is, which is just kind of like there's really awesome parts about him. But then when you get to the underlying effect of who he is, you kind of go. Yeah, are you just doing this for publicity? Yeah, but here's the thing. If you go and sign a contract with Alaska Airlines, did they offer it or did he go, yeah, I'll do this, but I need uh, this many miles for my teammates? What's the difference? I want to get my bros to Cancun. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know if he did that. Do you think they suggested it? Like, we really want you as an endorsement with our company. Yeah. And... To, to show you how much we care, we're going to give all of your team. Because I think they're a sponsor of the Seahawks anyway, so it may not have even been his to give. I need more information on this. If somebody offers me a free plane ticket, I'm not going to do an investigation going, 
why is he giving me a free plane ticket? Like my brother works for Alaska Airlines, and he'll get me like a buddy pass or a free ticket to yeah. fly with him. I don't go. Yeah, he got, me, he got me a free ticket, but that's only because he works there. Yeah. He didn't actually pay for it with the money that he gets from the person that he works for. Like, it's all coming from the same place. What a jerk. Yeah. Like, why are you. Why I don't know. There's just something kind of smug about him, but what he's doing now is making me like him a lot more. And <laughs> he's I, saying I, nice things about Portland. Well, and I think it's interesting, too, that everybody's kind of getting on the bandwagon with this. And it's not that there's so much more money that he's putting into it, because I. I I'm yeah. pretty sure the other investors probably have more money than Russell Wilson. Sure. I think it's just putting a face to this whole diamond project. Now we're, where now we're getting on the national scale and people are going, Oh my God, this is kind of getting serious. Can I tell you a potential, uh, Portland partnership with Russell Wilson that may make you love him even more? Uh, is this real or are you making it? No, up? this is from the text line. All right, let's hear it. Can we get nano bubble beer? Huh? Ooh. Yeah. Now you're talking. Nano bubble, but well, the nano bubbles recover the give you a clear shot and no hangovers i would guess right at the same time it's a recovery and uh and uh you know an elixir at the same time somehow my head doesn't hurt when i drink the nano bubble beer mm -hmm. like two or three of them i start to feel better yeah three more and i'm on cloud nine exactly it's just beer if you get the pot you get the positive effects of beer and the positive effect of nano bubbles amazing i would love it if they did that it was just beer there's <laughs> nothing to it there were there weren't any other minerals or anything it was just beer it's like well of course there's bubbles in it well, no, 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 bubbles those are nano bubbles very different thing so the whole thing is we're either going to get the a's the rays or we're, we're going to be one of the two expansion right that's that's the idea that's the, the, putting yourself in position to be a, a landing spot for yeah one of those four options who would you rather get or what position would you rather be in um, I think it'd be cool to have an expansion team. I mean, obviously what we're seeing with the Golden Knights is ridiculous and you won't get that same thing. Like the, the Golden Knights were dumb. Like you could have went three or four years and had plenty of, of fan enthusiasm just having a new team. Then when it starts to wane, that's when you win the Stanley Cup. I mean, come on. They're doing it totally wrong. But if you get an expansion team where all the players were yours, you didn't like it was just you know, new mascot. Cool. It's a new culture, right? Exactly. We're not adopting anything. We're creating something. Exactly. Now, if the Rays move, I think it'd be very much like that because name a player on the Rays, even if you're a baseball fan. Right. And and you're obviously not keeping, it wouldn't be the Portland Rays. The A's, the A's are difficult for me because if, if the A's moved here, I'd kind of, part of me kind of wants them to stay the A's. Mm. And and I'd be okay with that, and and you get a lot of history with it because I mean they won they have World Series championships, and I mean their history goes all the way back to Philadelphia A's in what 1901, and then they went to Kansas City, then to Oakland. So you get you get a lot of baseball history around the A's. I don't know if I would want to adopt that though. You know what I mean? Like I think, well, but, but, if a, cool. but if the A's came, you, you would get their you would get their history. Anyways, like it would always be attached to it because a franchise yeah. would move. I don't know if I'd want to adopt that though. I, I feel like I would want something original, my own. You know, but if, but if your choice was the A's or no baseball, hmm. you'd take the A's. I guess I'd take the A's. That, I, don't know. That, I guess that's my thing. I, it, like choosing my first choice would be an expansion team, then the Rays, then the A's. But if the A's came, I think like, at that point, I think out of just as a baseball fan, out of respect for baseball, just stay the A's. Yeah. You're staying in the same division. You don't have to change too much up. There's a lot of A's fans here already. 
So yeah, I would I would think that that would probably be the best option if the A's came, but that'd be my third choice. Well, and one of the bigger things too is the whole stadium talk of where we're going to put the damn thing. And um, I know Nick Fish was on Dirt and Sprig this week, and he was saying how it's really come down to the point where we want to keep it downtown, right? I mean, that's where you're going to drive the most revenue for local businesses, restaurants. It's going to be easiest for travel, people getting off work for day games. But I kind of wonder. And I've always had this kind of this discussion with you about putting it at the PPS building so near um, the Moda Center. Moda Center. I always yep. Rose Quarter. Really, Rose. really yeah. next to the Rose Quarter. I always want to call it the Rose. Well, yeah, but you could call it the Rose Quarter because you've got Memorial Coliseum there, and then you have all the Rose Quarter parking, which is one of the benefits I think. But it's would that be. season overlap you kind of have to worry about, where yeah. it, it might become Armageddon down there. Yeah, but you have other cities that do it, and you can simply schedule gay day. day Gay day games? Day games. You almost said gay games. No, I would have said gay dames. Gay dames? <laughs> the the gay better. dames. Yeah, it would be gay dames. Uh, day games. <laughs> Let be, them all in. Why not? <laughs> Get all these gay dames in here. Let's play some baseball. <laughs> Let them on the field. We don't care. <laughs> the day games could be scheduled when you have a Blazers game at night and you, you can work it out. It's not, it, it, it's not going to take some, you know, fancy algorithm to figure it out there. They only overlap in the spring and in the, they wouldn't overlap in the fall at all. Um, unless you get to the world series. And then I think you can manage that as well. So sure, yeah, yeah, there's not much that you need to worry about, at least in my mind, uh, with, with the overlap, I think just being close to existing parking structures gives you a little bit of an advantage. And then if you add additional parking for the baseball stadium, God knows going to a blazers game, uh, there's times where it's be nice to have a little bit extra parking. I've parked, you know, halfway up interstate before if you get to a game a little bit late. So yeah, I, I'd be I mean, that makes sense to me, but w I was on uh, primetime last night with, uh, with old Suker and, uh, we talked to Maury Brown, who was part of the push to get mm -hmm. baseball here 2001 to 2005. And he's a national baseball writer and contributes to all kinds of publications. And he had the thought that even if you don't get the ballpark in downtown, and he's very much a realist about this, having gone through the process and realizing that you could not do it. Even if you get the plot of land and it's not in downtown, his thought was what you would do is initially build that infrastructure, the, the housing, the restaurants, the commercial, all of the, the other things that you're going to build around the stadium. And then you can leave that spot where the baseball stadium is to build last. Once you get that agreement from Major League Baseball that you're getting a team then you build the stadium, but now you've already got a little bit of a downtown infrastructure built around it. So even if you're outside of downtown, you build another Boy, that's gonna, gathering that's area. That's going to be financially – you're going to have to have some incredible – Financial timing to do something. Well, but like Portland that. needs. It's an but Portland idea. needs more housing, and and you know even yeah. the PPS uh, proposal has I think eight eight hundred or eight thousand units that they're going to build into it. So there's a lot that, that you can do with it, and you're never going to be you know bad for building uh, housing into it. So, anyways, uh, we are going to talk uh, with I think we're going to have big fat wieners in here. So we'll talk about the Portland night market, and we'll talk with them. Uh, we'll do that next. You're listening to The Center and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. All right, we made it back. And uh, there's a very good way to follow up a conversation about baseball coming to Portland. And that's talking about dogs. I'm not talking about puppy dogs. I'm talking about wiener dogs. And we've got uh, our friends from Big Fat Wieners. Let's kick off uh, the growler and the grill. 
Anyone can recommend a fine wine or cocktail to complement your meal. I'll take a scotch and water, hold a scotch. Here at The Fan, we believe you're more sophisticated than that. You hungry? Hey, Ma! Can we get some meatloaf? With a keenly trained palate for the best culinary sports offerings of the day, The Fan presents a truly enlightened sports experience. What is the soup du jour? It's the soup of the day. That sounds good. I'll have that. This is the Growler and the Grill, a weekly feature on the Sinner and the Saint on 1080. Polish sausage. The Fan. So at the end of June, we've got the uh, Fan Golf Classic, and uh, backed by popular demand at that event will be the Big Fat Wieners Food Truck. You can also find them at the uh, Portland Night Market this weekend. And uh, back in our studio is uh, the owner of the Big Fat Wieners Food Truck, Dave Thornton. Dave. Hey, how's it going, guys? Fantastic, man. Uh, You brought in uh, a couple options for us. Will, for those that don't know, is pescatarian, so he doesn't eat meat. Uh, so you brought him a... Uh, banana. <laughs> <laughs> the banana looks him, delicious. You brought him a vegetarian dog, and Will didn't even wait. He already dug into it. Uh, what'd you bring for him? And uh, uh, That's just our uh, field roast Chipotle Mexican uh, vegetarian dog. And it's got a watermelon pineapple salsa on top that we make scratch on the truck. And a little bit of mustard here and there, and that's about it. It's friggin' awesome, man. <laughs> A little Thank bit you, of spice to it, a little bite. Yeah, a little kick. Perfect. Cool. Yeah, so, love it. And then you brought uh, something for me as well. Uh, what'd you bring over uh, here? That's our Polish dog with cranberry mustard and homemade sauerkraut. So for those that don't know, you basically just take classic dog and then... Turn them on their head. <laughs> you build another sandwich on top of it half yeah, the time. Absolutely. Um, so last year, you guys had an honor of going down to the food truck competition. Was it down on the coast? If yeah, I it was at the Mill Casino, the uh, first annual food truck off. And we took first place in two different categories. We got best sandwich in the state and judges overall pick. So very cool. And uh, and like I said, it'll be the third time that you're out for the Fan Golf Classic. Yes, sir. Um, but this weekend, you've got the Portland Night Market. I've never been to the Portland Boy, Night Market. Boy, that's a kick in the pants, man. <laughs> yeah, like tell, all tell, night party, and it's all based around food, loosely based around good food in Portland. Yeah, And we're lucky enough to be a part of that almost every time. I, well, had, I can say I have been to the Portland Night Market before. And I remember the one time I went, there was... Uh, uh, I don't know why I bought it because I never ate it again was spicy peanut butter. <laughs> I don't know how the Sounds hell delicious. They talked me I'll into have it. the sandwich. I know. I I put it on a little piece of bread that they had and I was like, "Oh, that tastes interesting. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll buy an $8 thing of peanut butter." <laughs> like, what are the what are the more just kind of absent-headed purchases I've ever made <laughs> because later when I had it on a sandwich with jelly, I was like, "This does not taste good." <laughs> So if anybody wants to head to the Portland night market that hasn't been, like, I mean, you said it's kind of a food thing. It's an all-night party, but it's, it's tell us w- what exactly it is. Yeah, there's a lot of vendors, and they're selling, uh, like, a lot of stuff that they make around Portland. It's kind of like the Saturday market, but at nighttime in a big bar, loud music, DJ playing. Tonight, I think there's going to be a live band, and it's the last Portland night market till September. So get out there and get some hot dogs. Cool. Now, where's it going to be? Uh, it's on 3rd and Morrison, underneath the Morrison Street Bridge. Uh, it's the City Liquidators building. Very cool. Yeah. Okay, excellent. And um, so we've been talking about baseball coming to Portland. I'm sure you've heard the buzz yeah. around that. And, yeah. I mean, what better fit 
than baseball and dogs, right? Yeah, no doubt. Um, so how do you get uh, big fat wieners uh, in as part of the the group to to start owning this? Are you going to join Russell Wilson? And- Man, I, I got to find out something to do. That would be a great little in right Dude, there. Dude, get, the, get your truck down to the PPS building today and get some dogs for him and Sierra while they're Man, walking. Man, if I wasn't tied up in this Portland night market thing, I would. <laughs> but maybe Monday? <laughs> Well, that'll be fantastic. So uh, this is new. This uh, this cranberry uh, mustard. Yeah, yeah, on yeah. This one. This is the first time I've had that one. That's pretty good, huh? Very good. Yeah. Um, what else you got going on? I mean, I've had. Jeez, uh, the, the mushroom. Uh, we got the new uh, southern fried chicken sandwich, uh, which is uh, homemade fried chicken, our own seasoning blends. Uh, our homemade ranch that we call Shake Shake Ranch because we make it with our special seasoning that we call Shake Shake. <laughs> uh, and then we also have the blackened chicken sandwich, which is new uh, to kind of lighten up the fare on the truck so it's not just all beef and grease, you know. Uh, we're also leaning towards more veggie stuff, vegetarian options, uh, avocado dogs, stuff like that. Uh, no end to your imagination. No, man, I'm just getting warmed up. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So uh, let our listeners know how, if they want to find you, uh, they can track you down. Other than tonight, I know you've got a Facebook page. We got the Facebook page. I got my email, which is bigfatwieners at iCloud.com, or my phone number, 971-371-0936. Give it to them one more time. 971-371-0936. And bigfatwieners at iCloud.com. And you can do catering. Uh, you've always said uh, when we Catering events. Weddings, uh, whatever, whatever you guys need. Bachelor parties, bachelorette parties. Uh, if you need some food, we'll be there. How long before you had a second truck? Ah, still working on that, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need like fourteen of them pretty soon. <laughs> Get a fleet of yeah. uh, big fat wieners trucks Just out be there. everywhere. Well, just Dave- a fleet of wieners. <laughs> <laughs> How have you guys gone through this interview without making more wiener jokes? You know, I'm just professional. <laughs> well, here, here's the thing: it's it's big fat wieners, so the jokes kind of write themselves. That's yeah. true. You know, it's we leave that to the amateurs. We just let them dive on. Yeah. And- it's all up to your own imagination. Yeah, exactly. It's funny because uh, I give you a call and Dave always answers the phone. Big fat wieners. <laughs> Called him to have him in, so it's uh, nice. yeah, yeah. Can you uh, get over to my house at like one a.m.? <laughs> uh, no, need- sir, wrong big fat one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, well, uh, again, Portland Night Market tonight. What time does it kick off? Uh, starts at 4 o'clock, goes to about midnight. Okay, so you'll see the Big Fat Wieners food truck there. There's going to be a lot of other uh, great vendors that are going to yep. be out there, whether it's food, Tons of options. And there's, there's music sweets, out there's, there. There's drinks. There's all kinds of stuff going on. They're going to have a live band tonight, uh, and a DJ, I think, plays up to like 9 o'clock or something like that before the band starts. Well, Dave, I always enjoy talking to you. Thank you very yes, much sir. for the dog and uh, the, f- the fried chicken that you have. You yeah, oh, wait do you try Stop that one, especially chicken. with that mango uh, watermelon salsa or uh, pineapple watermelon salsa in there. Oh, buddy. Oh, yeah. It's a good one. Fantastic. All right. Well, get out to the Big Fat Wiener's Food Truck if you've never tried it before. They're fantastic. One of our favorites. Dave Thornton. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Um, All right. Well, when we get back, uh, we've got a... I'm debating whether or not we should dive back into the NBA Finals. Uh, We've got them playing tomorrow night. Uh, Maybe we'll do that. Eh, Maybe we'll go a different direction, but we'll do that after the news. This your jam. Oh, well, well. Man, you really scarfed down on that wiener. It was good. It's really spicy. It's water. I will say one thing about Portland at the baseball stadium. Like, as good as the food is at the Moda Center, there's something about a baseball stadium where you can go and really go nuts on the food. Sweating through my hat. Sorry, what now? Sweating through my hat. <laughs> that was hot wiener. 
It's starting to feel well. <laughs> we going to lose you for the rest of the show? Yeah. Good. Uh, it's good. You wolfed that thing down. I was hungry. <laughs> yeah, well. I had a big morning. Yeah, you've been really working hard. Yeah. But you have to admit, though, Portland, with a baseball stadium, you throw vendors all around the way they do in the Moda Center. Hell get, yeah. Oh, man, they can absolutely kill it on food. It'd be lovely. Well, that happens every year at the beginning of baseball season. You see it in the Colorado Rockies are now doing a double deep fried Oreo shake with a hot dog in the middle and the whole thing. Like, there's always like some crazy food that they have to kind of one up it. Well, you remember the Mariners did something with crickets, right? Or yeah, they do. They do them every year. They do yeah. the deep fried crickets. Uh, they have sriracha nights where they just put sriracha on everything in the entire ballpark. They They're, got a decent sushi bar too. I remember I went down to the game and had some. It's good. And you get some clam chowder and yeah. Ivers, and you get the whole thing. So yeah, but there's something about baseball and food that go very well together. And I think Portland, another benefit to baseball coming to Portland. Um, I did want to ask you, though, about the NBA Finals kind of moving forward. I know we'll make predictions in the uh, Crystal Balls segment coming up next, but one of the things about the way that the game ended where you had it kind of getting real chippy at the end of uh, overtime. I was real chippy. Well, Tristan Thompson has a $25,000 fine. Threw the ball in Draymond Green's face. You get, you know, tossed. Is he going to be able to pay that with all the uh, child support he's got? I think you'll happen. manage. Kind of feel like kind of child support. You think you have to pay all that, that random trammies have to has to pay to shut up now. Anyways, um, my girlfriend was rooting so hard when he got fined because she loves Khloe Kardashian. Sorry, fiance. Part of your reality. Well, you met already threw the reality TV thing out there. How much she loves reality TV. Loves Khloe Kardashian. And when Tristan Thompson above did all that other Kardashians, and eh, not not crazy about Kim. Ah. Uh, Anyways, got a little chippy at the end there. Uh, if this ends up being a blowout series, do you see it kind of going down that road where it ends up getting into just, oh, it's going to be ugly basketball and just fights, people getting tossed? Is like it go they, that win, they go 3-0 and you get to game four and it's like five minutes left in the fourth. and Or they're up 30 in game two. And just start oh. rubbing it in, and you've got you've got Draymond doing the shake weight dance he was doing, and Steph Curry has to look over at the sideline every time he makes a three pointer and point and the thing and the smile. I don't think so much for game two. <clears throat> I couldn't imagine that because I think with game two, if it really gets out of hand and ridiculous, with like you're saying, like a twenty point lead, um, you know, somewhere mid fourth, I think the Cavs at that point will kind of just throw up the white flag and go, oh, okay, well let's let's wait for game three, see what happens. I think it'll get more that way if after the Warriors hypothetically take a 3-0 lead, you get into the fourth quarter of game four, and now they're ahead by 20. That's when you'll see things get really bad because that's when the Cavs really won't care anymore. And if the Warriors do win, they're going to celebrate another title in, in Cleveland. Cleveland yeah, and sweep. I think they just won't care. They won't yeah. care what the reaction is of the crowd. They'll get as chippy as they want and as much as Cleveland is chippy to them. That's where I could see it getting bad. But game two, I, I, I think if it really gets bad, LeBron will have enough sense to go, okay, well, we're down 0-2. Just pull LeBron. Let's just see what, out of there. what happens. Yeah. yeah. Well, the other thing is that it kind of makes me feel like I, I think the Warriors are a little tone deaf. And maybe because it's their home crowd that they just kind of play that up a little bit. But they didn't play a great game. I mean, I know that they were on fire in overtime. But they always just kind of get into that rhythm where it's like, yeah, we dominated. 
even though they weren't necessarily dominated, they know they got lucky. They said it in the press conference. They said as much. But they were celebrating from two minutes in in the overtime period. And obviously the game was getting out of hand that at that point. But, I mean, they really went all in on the little hustle around and dancing and doing the whole thing. Yeah, they don't care. They just don't care. They, they will not try. They will... They will excuse themselves for really lazy play. They'll cover up Kevin Durant playing like complete crap. They, they just don't care at all. And I think what's really started to get to me more than anything is Steve Kerr. Steve really? Kerr's really starting to get to me now because at the end of that game when Draymond Green was just cackling around, drooling, laughing, and you know pointing at the crowd and egging everybody on, Steve Kerr himself was just sitting there kind of smiling and waving it off and kind of going, oh, ha, ha, ha. Look, man, if you're going to be so high and mighty on social and political issues out in the media and basically position yourself as the good guy. He's super snarky. Yeah. Don't don't laugh and smile at that. Don't because that's not you. Draymond Green is not what you represent on the Warriors team. And the fact that you kind of brush off his attitude, which, by the way, caused him to miss a game two years ago and basically cost you guys the title. Yeah. Uh, the fact that he can placate to him and just allow him to do that, no. Screw you, Steve Kerr. <laughs> You're on my list, Steve Kerr. Tell me how you really feel about him. Yeah, on my list. I, I just feel like he he has two sides to him. One, that when he gets in the media, he's Mr. Nice Guy. And really, when he's around media that's not associated with sports, i.e. social political issues, he displays himself as one thing. But how he coaches his team completely contradicts that allowing Draymond Green to do that basically kind of treating Kevin Durant like a little child like if he's not going to play hard okay I I guess I can't really coach him today let me maybe tell you let me tell better. you let me tell you a quick Michael Jordan story Kevin maybe he'll be in a better mood I don't know. <laughs> but isn't that a lot of the coaching today I mean if you look around I mean look what's happening with the the New England Patriots where you've got this reported upheaval and and everybody's kind of throwing barbs at him because they don't have any fun and nobody wants to play for a team like that. They've got five Super Bowls in the Bill Belichick era. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's fun to win. I mean, the the Eagles and Lane Johnson and another one of their linemen come out and go, listen, I would want to play for that team even if I did win a ring. It's like, sure, easy to say when you just won the Super Bowl against them. But if you're playing for the Browns, I think you'd be perfectly happy to move over and play for a team that wins a game, let alone, you know, gets to the Super Bowl every other year. I yeah, mean, it, I, well, no, I agree it, with it's you. I just don't the get personality every- of players. I think you have to placate to them a little bit. Well, and I don't get everybody's sentiment about that with the Patriots about how, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't play for that team even if I won rings. It doesn't look fun. Dude, look at Gronk. Gronk looks like he's having fun every friggin' day. There's a picture this week of Brady hucking a ball from his yacht on Monaco to another yacht in Monaco. Yeah. That guy's a great life. Yeah, I think he's he's living pretty good. Even though Tom Brady himself is, you know, I think he, he embodies the Belichick vision because he himself is like that, sure. which it's one of those things of, uh, you know, similars don't attract very well. I think they're two very strong-willed personalities, and Robert Kraft's just in the middle, like, who do I huck money at now? Yeah, like, but but again, the idea that, like, winning that much can't be fun? Screw that. You know, dude. yeah, Cassius Marsh, it's like, well, I'm living from Seattle there, and I just didn't have any fun. I couldn't wait to leave. I probably didn't want you. Sorry, yeah. homie. You I know you played didn't fit in. I know you played better in San Francisco at the end of the year than you did at the beginning of the year in New England, but 
listen, not everything's a golden fit. And you just, I mean, that's part of it. And Steve Kerr has to kind of play that. I mean, you've, we've already talked about Kevin Durant today and the way his, you know, personality defects affect the way that we look at him. And he's, he just is kind of that baby, but how else can you coach him? I mean, he's too good of a player. And if he decides that he wants to just up and leave, he probably will. He's done it with, you know, Oklahoma city. It's like, you want to keep this he did team it with together. the Sonics. Yeah. But if you want to keep this team together and keep winning championships, the best thing you can do is let these guys be who they're going to be. So I don't know that it's necessarily a reflection of Steve Kerr, the way these guys act, but he has very much what Pete Carroll does. It's like, all right, just beat you, be you and just show up and play hard. Well, let's see what happened with Pete Carroll. I, I think Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll won of- a Super Bowl, went back to another one. I mean, that's. Uh, outside of Belichick, there's not a lot of guys that have had a ton more success than the Seahawks in recent I'll give years. you that, but I think that with Pete Carroll's situation, it, it, it I don't want to use the phrase blew up in his face because then that's like a blow, uh, blowing up in your face is reserved for people who just like have no foreknowledge for what's about to happen. Yeah, exactly. I don't think, yeah, I think he's he, part, of, he's part of the rebuild. It's not, yeah, like, he's yeah. part of the rebuild, but I also think he was part of cultivating a culture there at Seattle that was, Hey, it's freewheeling, do whatever you want. But when it comes down to structure, I'm not going to have a very powerful voice. So you guys need to kind of hash this out yourself. There could be good aspects to that. And there could be negative ones, which is everybody kind of feels vindictive towards your quarterback. Now that's kind of the whole talk that went behind Russell Wilson was that all these players kind of felt like he was holier than thou or mightier than thou and that all the attention was placed on him all the in the press co- um, or in team meetings during film and everything people saying that like you know there was one day where uh you know there's one film day where everybody kind of gets picked at and you get uh, criticized it's like but russell wilson is uh, void of that like he doesn't whenever yeah. there's something bad that happens on film Pete carroll always seems to have an excuse for him yeah but i also think that there's also a lot of that where if you were the face of the team, the Legion of Boom was the face of the Seahawks. For a while, yeah. Yeah, and then it became Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was 80-plus percent of their offense last year. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. And then you have the Legion of Boom all chipped up. They've never really – they've been cycling through that third, second quarterback cornerback position for years, and then you lose Cam Chancellor. The year before that, you lose Earl Thomas. Last year, you lose Richard Sherman as well. The Legion of Boom was falling apart whether or not Russell Wilson became the focal point of the team, and and that's just through injury. You still don't know if Cam Chancellor's came, coming back, and, and Richard Sherman – I can't. I still can't picture him in a 49ers uniform. That's going to be one of the crazier things that I've ever yeah, seen. I don't think he'll last very long there. But still, it's yeah. just the idea that you know. I mean, all that hatred that he had for the 49ers was directed at the 49ers in that Aaron Andrews interview. So it. it I mean, it was. It was you know yeah, Michael yeah. Crabtree, and I realize it's not the same guys and not the same team over there. But there's a lot of venom spit towards him, and to see him come back in those. But but I think. No matter who the quarterback was, there would have been, you know, some something disdain for him. But because his personality is so far on the other end of the spectrum from those guys, I think there's an element to that. And Michael Bennett, I think, filled a little bit of the void of, of being that mouthpiece too. That I don't, I don't know that he necessarily, you know, was the greatest player. Man, the guy was an off is an offsides machine. I know he makes big plays, but if you remember, there's that wasn't little, very efficient. There's that little pucker moment right after the interception where the Patriots have the hat ball on the half yard line, 
And Michael Bennett jumped off sides and gave him, you know, a five yard relief cushion because there's still like what twenty seconds left in that Super Bowl. Yeah. Michael Bennett, as good as he was, he was also a bit of a detriment to the team at times, both with his personality and his play. Well, kind of going back to Steve Kerr, I remember you and I were talking about how we had listened to the pregame of game one on the radio on uh, 910. And they were talking to Ramona Shelburne, and she had covered the uh, Warriors maybe for the past two, three years. And she said, it's really interesting because this is the first year that I can remember going to the practices and covering them and nobody really laughing or having fun. She goes, this team used to be so much fun. You know, everybody would be in on the joke. Everybody would just be kind of really loose when they played and really nothing was ever taken too seriously. Even in their darkest moments, there was always some light of kind of hope and and humor and, and humor. Steve Kerr's jokes landed. Everybody's having and, fun. Yeah. And she said, this is the first year where it's really just kind of been very, very serious, where even when the worst moments, things are taken extremely seriously and personally by certain players. And you and I both came to the conclusion that I think Kevin Durant's part of that. Oh, he's a big part of it. But, you know, it may be the same thing that's going on with the Patriots, too, where it's like when you're expected to win the championship every year and anything less than that is a failure, it's a lot of weight to carry has more pressure, the Warriors or the Patriots in that respect? Like, who do you think has a greater level of pressure to win their respective title every year? I I would say the Warriors because the majority of their players, all of their players, I mean, except maybe Andre Iguodala, are in their prime. And Tom Brady, it, it's now the the narrative is a little bit more of how long can he keep going. So, plus there's not really a, they don't really have a rival. I guess it's the Steelers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so well, they're they're as much a rival as like uh, the Raptors are a rival to LeBron. <laughs> it's like, yeah, hey, we're gonna we're gonna talk this up as something big, but it's not. Well, because in Tom Brady's prime, it was always Peyton Manning, and I think he's beyond his prime, even though he's still playing at a high level. He's just I guess the Ravens. The Ravens were kind of. I don't know. It was always Peyton Manning. It was yeah. always it was always Peyton against Tom Brady. But again, right now it's the Steelers, I guess. And you know what's interesting to me too is that LeBron James really never had a rival before the Warriors. Oh, he, sure he did. He had the the Spurs when he was in Miami. They played back to back, and they so. and they won one and, and lost one. And you yeah. can make a case for the Celtics because he yep. lost to them a bunch of times in Cleveland during his first stint, and then oh. finally beat them. I think is. Uh, yeah, actually, probably his first stint in Miami. So, yep. uh, but you've first never stint, had this. His only stint in Miami. Well, first yeah, stint in Cleveland. That's true. Hey, never say never. No. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think that's going to be the interesting part of this whole rival uh, rivalry once it ends, which is it'll define most of basketball in the 2010s. Sure. Well, I mean, and this will be it, man. I mean, the 1990s was the Chicago Bulls. We'll remember the 2010s by LeBron James and the Golden State Warriors. That's yeah. it. Well, four in a row. It's never happened before yeah. in any sport. So. It's insane. There you go. Possibly five in a row if he... Well, I, I mean, possibly five in a row, even if he goes to another team on the East side. Because, really, any team he goes to in the Eastern Conference, they're going to advance. There's no yeah. way in hell even the Boston Celtics with a healthy Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward could beat a Sixers team with LeBron James on it, and I would guess they'd pick up a couple more key veterans. LeBron James did not leave without having a plan in place to add somebody that he really wants yeah. to play with to wherever he goes. That's what they're saying about L.A. is that if he goes, uh-huh. you yeah. have to expect Paul George is going to follow. I think you're right, but uh, you know we owe it to the people. We The people demand it every week, and they want to know what our picks are, so they know where to put their uh, hard-earned cash. So we'll make those picks for you, and we'll do that next in a segment we call crystal balls.
This is The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. So I went back through all of our shows uh, since you and I have been doing this together. And I tabulated uh, all of the picks that we've ever made. And I'm uh, I'm not great. I'm about 47%. Uh, you have never missed a pick. So if anybody's listening out I there. I don't you, think that's correct. What? That can't be. 100% accurate every single week. I wouldn't rely on me. Which nope. is a great song title for a country song. <laughs> pretty good. Was, I wouldn't rely on me. If I were you, I wouldn't rely on me. Yeah, I think if we can make that work. We'll send it over to Willie. He'll put something together with it. If I were you, I wouldn't rely on me. If I were you, I wouldn't rely That is good. really damn good. Yeah, write that down. Too bad we don't. Do I have don't any talent? How, yeah, or play musical <laughs> instruments. Or no, I'm working on it. I got the I got the twins. I've I've uh, conquered itsy bitsy spider on the piano. I got yeah. row 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 your boat. I got London Bridge. Is that how you're gonna get your uh, get your paycheck? Because you're gonna. Oh no no no! My brother uh, my brother has uh, made the suggestion. I'm starting to think that he might be right, and you'll be you'll be all in on this. Okay. Just give those two idiots a couple tennis rackets. Yes, it's free. Easily. Get them a couple cans of balls. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I can join in, play them, uh, play against them as uh, one-on-two until they get better than me. Yeah. And then just throw them out there and they play against each other. Well, now, the one they thing... They don't even need supervision. I'll the just, one thing I'll warn you is, unless you're Serena or Venus Williams, you got to put a lot of money up front. Why is that? Because uh, in tennis, I, there was this article that I read on ESPN like a year ago that talked about how tennis, if you're not like one of the top 20 players in the world... You're you're just practically. Oh, it costs you money. Yeah, it's, yeah, you're practically poor. Like you're going to these tournaments, but you're like you can't go to the, any of the overseas ones because it's too much money to buy tickets. Sure. And then when you're going to the ones that are in the United States for you to actually qualify, like the Masters 500 or like just qualifying tournaments, you're driving to them. Hey, listen, if and you're staying a, at days in. Let's be honest with the money, though. If they can get a college scholarship to go play tennis somewhere, yeah, yeah you don't that's, care. That's the money. Yeah. That's the money. We're looking at saving money. We're not looking at earning money. Yeah. What we want to do is we want to set up their future so that they can be oh, self-sufficient. You basically want to make it so that you can, and I want to do this too with my kids, is that they get a scholarship and then you don't have to pay for their tuition or make it so they're in debt. And then you look double good because then people go, wow, you were such a great parent. You yep. got them ready for college. Uh-huh. But really what it was, was you go, this is friggin' awesome. I don't have any debt. I don't have to pay for my kids' college, and they're not constantly asking me for money. Yep, and they don't have they don't have a big student loan pay- payment hanging over them as soon as they graduate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, just a couple tennis rackets, bucket of balls, and then just leave them there for until they're, like, what, 15, and then put them in some tournaments and whatever, right? You're acting like it's osmosis. <laughs> well, yeah. Just put the rackets near them, and then, yeah. and then they'll merge. And- <laughs> you ever watch Shameless? Yeah. That's what they do. They do. They put the tennis rackets in there. Oh, right, right. In their uh, yeah, little pack and plays or whatever they are. And uh, calls them Venus and Serena. Yeah. Anyways, we need to make some picks here. Today is Saturday. There is a hockey game today. Oh. And really, uh, is it time, time we- for me in the show to act like I know what uh, what, what what's going on? Listen, in hockey? you've never you've never been wrong. Uh, the Golden Knights uh, take their talents across the country to Washington. They'll be playing the games against the Capitals in Washington. Uh, you've got Game Three tonight. It's a one- tied one-one series. Uh, who do you got tonight? Now, I read in my update that I had written directly off of Sports Center 
yep. that the Capitals are four and five at home. So based on that information, I'm going to pick the Vegas Golden Knights. It's very smart of you. I think uh, I think I heard, and I'm only paying half attention. I think Washington's missing one of their key guys too. Oh, excuse me. Well, then I'm definitely going to have to pick. The yeah, we'll double down on Las it. Golden, Vegas Golden Knights. Golden Knights tonight. I won't make you pick the rest of the games during the week, but we do have game two tomorrow, and Wednesday is game three. Friday is game. Four. So we've got three games to pick in the NBA Finals. The series could be over by the time we get on the air next Saturday. Do you think that's a possibility? I think it's a possibility. I do expect this one to go five games. Game two is going to be really interesting because I want to see if Kevin Love, Kevin Love, if he can sustain the type of play he had in game one, being able to allow Steph Curry to just kind of, like, it's completely understated how Kevin Love defended Steph Curry. Completely. He allowed him to go into the lane to try to face up bigger players, and then he had to kick out, and he relied on outside shooters. If Kevin Love can keep up that kind of play, I think they have a chance in game two. If they lose game two, sweep. Wow. Easy sweep if they lose game two. Now, I think going back to Cleveland, you got a better chance of getting a win. But here's what's going to happen. J.R. Smith is going to go off for 35. LeBron will get another 50. And they'll still manage to lose somehow in game two. That'll be the amazing part tomorrow. Uh, but no, I've, I've got the Cavs. I've got the Cavs pushing it at least to six. I think they're going to win uh, at least one of the next three games, and they'll maybe pick up a, another one there. But I, I think they can win tomorrow night. I was actually surprised how little effort it looked like LeBron put in to score 50 points. He didn't seem to entirely exhaust himself. And now they're kind of pissed after that overtime. So I'm going to take the Cavs in game two. We'll see what happens the rest of the way from there. But, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll talk about it next week, and uh, we'll miss you all until then. But for now, thanks to Dave Thornton for coming in. Everybody have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Incidentally, this record is available in the foyer. It's almost got to live as well, you know? Who do you think pays for all this rubbish? Money back, you know? Thank you. I'm a genius. You're drunk. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.